Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> this is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Oh, one of my favorite subjects, the year two and year three wide receivers. There have been three year two or year three wide receivers who have finished in the top seven in PPR in each of the last two seasons. And most of them get drafted after round three. So round four or later, something get drafted around seven, round eight. You know, you got your Justin Jefferson's from a couple years ago. You got your Debo Samuels and your Cooper Cups and your Jamar Chases. So this is a an area where you could not Cooper Cup. Sorry, he was not a year three wide receiver, but uh, um, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf in 2020. You got a lot of guys in this group that, that really break Renfro out and have huge year. seasons. Renfro, yeah, he finished uh, with top 12, not top seven. So I think he was like 11th or something in full PPR. But well, I'm sure if you age your stat it and do his numbers just from when Darren Waller was hurt, <laughs> he would have been a top five receiver. <laughs> it's possible. Nobody wants Hunter Renfro. Off, off subject of, you know, the main topic. Does anybody want to draft Hunter Renfro? Do you want to draft Hunter Renfro this year? Uh, at the right price, sure. But, I mean, he was... That's, what a cop-out cop cop out answer. There are some... Oh, I really want to draft this guy. Do you Do want really to draft, want to draft Hunter Renfro? No. Exactly. Heath? Oh, no. I, he, he's, I've got Amon Ross St. Brown slightly higher than him, but I feel very similarly about the two of them. Like, there's just no chance they're doing what they did last year, especially not what they did in the second half last year. Okay, so Amon Ross St. Brown will be one of the guys we talk about. Hunter Renfro will not. But first question for you, which year two or year three wide receiver do you think has the best fantasy draft value right now? Um... Not knowing the ADP off the top of my head, I would say <laughs> Rashad Bateman. I think Rashad Bateman is a very like I and again, ADP is is just kind of imaginary right now. But I think that's probably the best one. Although I might say Michael Pittman. Okay. Bateman's going 80. So basically we're talking about um uh, I don't even remember the music. Pitman and Pitman. <laughs> I I know. I, like, I don't even remember. I haven't played it in so long that I can't even remember what I named that sound drop. And oh, Pitman, eighty second overall, and uh, Pitman thirty. Uh, he's getting up there in ADP. Wow. He is. Yeah. What 39th, is it? 40 at thirty nine of forty for okay, Michael it's Pittman. Not, it's not Pittman then. No, but you're no talking way. NFC where, where high-stakes people love him. That's 60 drafts now since May 1st. Michael yeah. Pittman going 40th, 39th. 40th. Ca- casual fans will not draft him that high yet, but after the hype really gets out of control, by the time we get to the end of August, he's going to be in that range. 
Mm. Yeah, I guess uh, Bateman's probably the uh, right. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that's going in like the 150s who should be a wide receiver 40 that we like more, but I don't know who it is. I'm going to take Jerry Judy 61st overall. It's my favorite for this one. And then you've got Gabriel Davis. What's that? He's already hurt again. I know he is. Does have a groin injury, but uh, I heard he's going to be ready for week one. So oh, Tim you know Patrick making plays right now is uh, Rondell, Rondell Moore. Yeah. Okay. Rondell Moore, 124th overall, early round 11. Okay. All right. We got some good options there for the best draft value. Uh, there, we got to jump around a little bit today. If you're a Wisconsin football fan, get ready for the fourth quarter. We'll be jumping around. And well, I wore the right shirt then. It, what do you got? My uh, I can't see it. My Miller Lite uh, cheers from Wisconsin from the uh, factory. Perfect. Right to the floor of Milwaukee. There you go. Leonard Fournette looks like he's gaining a little. We have another running back gaining weight. This is now Najee Harris. And this is not good weight. Yeah, though. this is different. <laughs> Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette. It looks, it looks a little, a little, a little chunky over there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. But what do you? What do you think about uh, playoff Lenny? Uh, looks like he's buffet Lenny right now. <laughs> I mean, um, not not encouraging, but you know he uh, he's got time to to work it off. I'm sure he will. But man, I'm I'm buying a lot of Rashad White if I can. Is that the guy you think? I mean, look, we've seen Keyshawn Vaughn. We know what Giovanni Bernard didn't do last year, and so. You know, Rashad White is uh, is got potential. Um, you know, will the will the Bucks trust him? You know, we know that's big. You got a pass block, and so we'll, we'll see. We'll also see if they you know bring in somebody else. We know they they're not afraid to do that if if they find somebody available. So you know, all things are are on the table right now. But if you're just looking at the players that are on the depth chart, uh, Rashad White to me looks like a lottery ticket type of guy. All right, let's do some more big news here real quick, and then we'll get into the year two and year three wide receivers. We have a lot of news items, and it's going to be that time of year. Camps are starting now, uh, mini camps, not training camps. That won't be too far from now. Mandatory OTAs. Yeah, mandatory OTAs. So there's just going to be a lot of news. There are going to be some injuries, unfortunately, and we'll have a lot to react to. So Heath, uh, there was a really good write-up, just a bunch of stuff about the Ravens in a recent athletic column, uh, and one of the things was about um, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins both recovering from injuries, and there was a link to an article written by Dr. David Chow, who we've had on the show, who thinks both of them have a pretty good chance to start the season on the pup list, and Dobbins could have a you know kind of a bumpy road back because he had two ligament tears, and also in the athletic column, uh, you know, it was mentioned that people in the Ravens organization are are sort of bracing for a. I don't know, an adjustment period or a slow start from the running game. Not necessarily, they didn't say they'll be on the pup list, but all that information, I think it should definitely be on our radar right now as we look at the Ravens' backfield. What do you do with this information? It's weird because it's like two conflicting conflicting things. I think the thing from the like the athletic was mostly saying that the Ravens like to get back to 2019, right? Like they'd be like to be an offense more like they were in 2019 when they were super run heavy and and much much better. That was the, uh, so that was the gist of the story. And there were a whole bunch of nuggets underneath, and one of them I'm going to find it now, so I don't right, have to. No, right, but like so, I do not believe that the Ravens are going to go back to their 2019 run rate. And J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are going to start the year on the public. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, right. I think one of those things is not going to prove to be true. If 
Dobbins and Edwards are truly going to be on the pup list, then Mark Andrews should absolutely be a first round pick. And Rashad Bateman should probably be going around four. Um, Cause they're probably going to throw 570, 580 passes again. But um, if they're really going to get back to their 2019 r- plans, then J.K. Dobbins should maybe be a second-round pick. Let me read this. Uh, the Ravens remain. This is from the Athletic. The Ravens remain out- optimistic that Dobbins will be a factor this season, whether it's in Week One or later. But they also are being realistic given the nature of the former Ohio State standout's knee injury. I spoke to a Ravens decision maker early in the offseason, and he acknowledged that the Ravens had to be prepared and would be. For Dobbins and fellow back Gus Edwards, who is also coming off a torn ACL, potentially not finding their pre-injury form early in the 2022 season, if at all this year. Yeah, look, just just throwing that out there. Uh, okay, so so I mean, look, you know, to, to just just to throw a little wrinkle into what he said, um, I know Mike Davis was terrible last year in a lot of ways, but he also was pretty good the year before in a lot of ways. And I do think that a better team around him with a better quarterback situation around him, um, with a better offensive line situation around him, he's not going to be a superstar for you, but for six weeks of the Ravens starting running back, and we saw flashes of it last season with Devontae Freeman at times, with Tyson Williams at times, uh, or maybe once, um, but you know, there, there is some potential here for a little bit of a window of opportunity for Mike Davis to potentially be good. And so, you know, if, if you are just taking a, a, a late round flyer on somebody that, that might help you if you're drafting now, uh, maybe best ball, um, you know, check your dynasty leagues. Um, I just picked him up one in one recently because he was cut understandably. So, um, if you have a roster spot just to play with, he's not a bad guy to, to, to take a flyer on right now. We get to training camp. Hopefully Dobbins is fine and, and he's good to go. But even if Edwards is out, the second guy in Baltimore we've seen has been you know certainly relevant. And Tyler Beatty, a sixth-round pick as well, could be in the mix, rookie running back sure. out of Missouri. Okay, uh, let's move on to our next topic here. But it, it is kind of telling that a player like Mike Davis went there. It is true. Yeah, that's true. They Okay. Uh, Traylon Burks has asthma. So... That would explain the inhaler, and it's something we'll keep an eye on. And, you know, hopefully he can get that, you know, hopefully everything's okay and he can, uh, you know, not struggle with that. So hoping for the best for Traylon Burks. He, for someone in your situation that has a high first round pick in a rookie only draft, and I, I don't remember exactly how you have it ranked, so I apologize. But if you're deciding between Burks and Wilson and, and London, does something like this sway Burks? In the negative side, I I had Burks third amongst those three anyway, so I guess it's easy to just say yeah, just take the other. I mean, I, I would take the other two over him, but I was taking the other two just barely over him before. Um, hopefully, this is not like I'm not going to change my dynasty rankings or projections on Burks yet because of that. Okay, right, and this you know kind of to tie in yesterday's show, Adam as well. Like this is something I, I wouldn't necessarily knock him for. Right. You know, we're talking about preseason news that sways your decision making um i wouldn't panic on it either like the idea that he has asthma is i i would presume more appealing to most people than the idea that he showed up to ota's 20 pounds overweight yeah is it not as big of a deal right right yeah debo samuel expected to report and just to be clear he didn't show up 20 pounds overweight did he 
Um, I don't believe he did. Okay, no, no, we were, not, we, the way it's been talked about for the past month is like he was out of shape and couldn't get through practice. Okay. Right. Okay. And I'm that sorry. was not the issue. It sort of sounded like both were true. A conditioning but, issue. Yeah. Right. Okay. Debo Samuel is expected to report to minicamp. So it all signs indicate that he will be a 49er, which is great. DeAndre Hopkins will be full go for training camp. He tore his MCL in week 14, but remember he has a six game suspension. And another lawsuit has been filed against Deshaun Watson, and Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk thinks that the Browns could void Watson's contract under certain circumstances. Wow. So, yeah. So this saga might not be over, but it look, from us right now, from his standpoint, would you agree it seems unlikely he's not getting suspended? It seems likely that he is getting suspended. Yeah, it's yeah. a better way to put it. Even Sorry. <laughs> it seems likely he's getting suspended. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've downgraded the Browns' pass catchers in advance um, and quarterback in advance. Um, so whereas I had Watson, you know, probably a month ago uh, as a top 10 quarterback, he's outside my, my top 12 because I don't think you can comfortably draft him as a number one guy right now. Um, I dropped... Cooper a few spots, you know, just with the chance of a six to eight game suspension and seeing what that could be, you know, so Cooper was a borderline number one receiver for me. Now he's closer to 20. Um, the one guys, the guys I haven't moved yet are, are the running backs, but you know, I mean, they're going to be impacted potentially one way or the other. I mean, you know, could be much more of a run based system. Um, you know, and, and this kind of ties in, I, I know Dave was talking about, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily agree, but Dave was saying that David Njoku's early schedule, even with Jacoby Brissett, he would buy in. Like I, I would be out if it's not Deshaun Watson for Njoku. And so you're saying that you're not, not downgrading the. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a, an outside shot that we've got Baker Mayfield starting week one for the Browns, right? I'm sure there's an outside shot of that, but I mean, that's uh my God, the backpedal that the oh. Browns PR staff would have to do <laughs> to, to spin that. I mean, we, we just had Josina Anderson who, who, if you know, you don't watch our, our HQ programming. She's one of our reporters on HQ. Uh, you probably remember her from her other stops at other places. Uh, she was just with the Browns and she, you know, had an interview on camera with Jacoby Brissett about his, you know, starting potential. And it seems very likely that week one starting quarterback for Cleveland would be Jacoby Brissett. Okay, we'll move on. We have more news later in the show, but let's talk about year two and year three wide receivers. Here's your stat of the day, number one. Uh, parentheses, Heath, is this right? Uh, so since 2003, <laughs> there have been 24 rookie wide receivers who have reached 900 yards, and 16 okay. of those 24 have finished higher in fantasy as sophomores, including each of the last seven. So did I, I get that? I, there were 24, right? If I put an asterisk on it in two different directions, it's true as long as you don't count last year. So not since 2003, but from no, 2003. No, I did count. I did count last year. There were four last year that make it 28. But they have not They have not. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Last year's and rookies. And then yeah. there's one first-year wide receiver who did it, but he was not technically a rookie because he did not play – the year in between his last year in college and his first year in the NFL. Do you know who that was, Jamie? Uh, did not play his last year in college and his first year in the NFL? He, he was he was cut by multiple teams. And I'll give you the year. I think it was 2014. Um, cut by the Browns, cut by the Panthers. Um, and he couldn't he, beat, he had could a nine, not beat out Andrew Hawkins. He had a 900-yard season in his first year, but technically it was not his rookie season because he didn't play his rookie season. Which it should have been his rookie season. Yeah, I he didn't agree. appear in a game in 2014. I don't know who was it. 
Willie Sneed. Oh, I should know that. Anyway, the track record, I mean, the guys who have had 900 yards or more as rookies recently, uh, just the last few years, DK Metcalf had 900 on the nose. Terry McLaurin had 919. A.J. Brown had 1,051. Following year, T. Higgins had 908. CeeDee Lamb had 935. Justin Jefferson had 1,400. So who are we talking about from the 2021 rookies? Amonra St. Brown and Devontae Smith. Now, this is the this is interesting. This is the first year with 17-game seasons, and neither of them really you know, destroyed 900 yards. Amandre St. Brown did miss a game, though. He played 16 games. He had 912 nope. yards. Nope. De- Devontae Smith played 17 games, though. He did only play about 20% of the snaps in Week 18, but he had 916 what? yards. I, I don't. I think we've had this discussion before. I don't believe Amon Ross St. Brown missed a game last year. He, oh, there he was did, a oh, game you're right. where he played 62% of the snaps and did not receive a target. Okay. So so these guys played 17 games and barely <laughs> eclipsed 900 yards. So I don't know if we want to count them. I don't know if we, we do. Don't count. So what's the new number? 950? 960? 950? 960? Yeah. Um, Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase, though, they it's going to be hard for them to... It's going to be hard for Chase to finish higher, but... He finished third in non-PPR and fifth in PPR. Um, anyway, those are the guys who got to 900 last year. St. Brown, Devontae Smith. So you said they finished higher. I mean, finished higher in their fantasy production or finished higher in their yardage? Fantasy Not fantasy points necessarily, although I think it probably is fantasy points, but they went from like wide receiver 20 to wide receiver 19 or better. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, it's a good number. It's something I believe in. I think we've, you know, we've done some research over the last few years. If you reach that mark, it's an arbitrary mark, but if you reach that mark, you have a good rookie season as a receiver, you're set up for success. Most of those rookie wide receivers who got 900 yards, though, they didn't add Tyreek Hill, and they didn't add A.J. Brown. <laughs> so it, it things, you know, things are Or fluid. DJ Chark, let's be fair. Or DJ, I'm not going to count Jamison Williams, you know, but but it, it's going to be tough for Jalen Waddell. Um as we know. So anyway, that's kind of the setup for this exercise. And then, um, I, you know, I'm going to skip stat of the day number two and just let's get into. I, I think we should just agree, though, that Amon Ross St. Brown and Devontae Smith don't count. I'm fine with that. I, I think we should raise the bar to nine. Fi- what, like, what would it be? 956 would be, but that sounds dumb. So 950. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, I think that makes total sense. It's not even, it's not even. Well, Keith would like to always point out when I bring up stuff like this. So if a rookie wide receiver got 899 yards. No good. He's no good. No, he sucks. You know, I think DK <laughs> had exactly 900. He almost sucked. He did. He did. Uh, okay. So anyway, let me get, get some superlatives from you guys. Just from the year two wide receivers. And if you need a list. I put a list in the notes, or you can you. go somewhere else. But I put a list of the first four rounds, basically, of wide receivers, plus like guys like Darnell Mooney. Um, year two wide receivers. And he's a year three guy, I know. But most likely to break out of the year two wide receivers. Rashad Bateman. 100%. Why so if convinced? If you want a different answer, I'll give you Rondell Moore. No, that's a, uh, he'll probably be... Most likely to go for an undra- I don't know if he'll get undra- be undrafted. But okay, w- why so convinced on Rashad Bateman? What did he do as a rookie that convinced you that he's going to break out? And also keep in mind, I mean, hey, we just read a full article about how the Ravens are going back to uh, 2019 form. So that if they do, I don't know how he's going to really break out. Well, if they're going back to exactly 2019 form, I will take Rashad Bateman week one over everybody else because <laughs> Marquise Brown week one of 2019 had 5%. Uh, or no, Lamar threw five touchdowns. Uh, Marquise Brown had two of them. Yeah. Um, 
Rashad Bateman's getting the opportunity. You know, you just mentioned it. Uh, Jalen Waddle is gaining Tyreek Hill. Rashad Bateman is losing Marquise Brown. And so uh, we talked about this on FFT and five. I don't think that Marquise Brown's 140 some odd targets that we saw last year is what Rashad Bateman is going to get. But if he's somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 to 120 in this offense, we know that that has the chance to be a, a potential top 20 wide receiver. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, I think, is, is continuing to improve as a passer. We've seen that. Uh, but just really the, the ability to become the, the number one receiver, the number two target uh, in an offense where he's going to make a lot of plays, uh, you know, with the ball in his hands because of how teams have to respect the run. He's just in a good spot. And so, you know, I, I as I told you, you know, I, I struggle with how high to rank him. Uh, but, you know, he's he's a borderline top 30 receiver right now. And he may creep up a little higher by the time we get to the start uh, of, of August. Yeah, and you could azer stat Marquise Brown's 2019 season to where if Rashad Bateman matched that, he would definitely be a breakout. 2019? Um, I think it's more. Yeah. No. his rook- That was he his had, rookie season. He had seven season. touchdowns that year, and he played like four partial games. I guess. We only had 584 yards. I know. Um, I'm, the other thing is, like, one of the reasons is there's not very many guys, like – Waddle's not going to be better. Chase is not going to be better. We don't think Smith or St. Brown's going to be better. There's not there's not a lot of guys in that year two class who like break out. It's hard to call them a breakout if they're worse than they were last year. I'm surprised you say that though about Smith because I do think he can get slightly better. I don't think he's going to get dramatically better, but just given you know, and and I'm with you. You know the the Jalen Hurts potential. I don't know if Jalen Hurts takes that that huge leap. Like you know where you're saying QB one. I think you know top five. Um, if Devontae Smith doesn't do a little bit more because AJ Brown's only going to do so much. Um, and his rushing obviously is a big part of that, but I, I think Jalen hurts needs both those guys to, you know, be not peak of, of what they can be, or at least what AJ Brown has been. But I do think Devontae Smith needs to be a little bit better. And I think he has a chance to, if Jalen hurts does what he's capable of. Doing. All right. So real quick, would you rather have Rashad Bateman or Devontae Smith? Because their ADPs are very similar. Bateman. Bateman. Okay. Most likely to be a bust from the year two wide receivers. And just, just for people at home, here are some of the names that we're talking about. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. This is the order they were drafted in the NFL draft in 2021. Chase, Waddle, Smith, Kadarius Toney, Bateman, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore. That's, that's Amonra St. Brown. Other guys who could become relevant, maybe, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Terrence Marshall, There's Nico no, Collins. There are Roy no other Rogers. guys who could bust. Sure, sure. All right, most likely to be a bust then. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, blah, 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 blah. Who, who is it? Non-injury, it's Waddle. I think that's, yeah, that's probably, that was my first thought. I would say set my second choice would probably be uh, St. Brown. Yeah, I, I think, you know, just looking at where they were comparatively to where they can be, I mean, it, it seems pretty obvious St. Brown is going to struggle. Um, you know, I hope not, but it just, you know, it, especially if Jameson Williams is ready for week one. Um, Elijah Moore, obviously, you know, lose, you know, his best stretch of games did not happen with Zach Wilson, which seems to be the theme with all the Jets. Um, but, I mean, Waddle just gaining Tyreek Hill, just it's tough. It's tough to see him, you know. I don't think he's going to fall off completely, and he may right. not fall off as much as those other two guys, but there's still the expectation of him being drafted really high, whereas Elijah Moore and Amara St. Brown are not going to get drafted as high. What what is the since May ADP for those three? 
Okay, so for St. Brown, I was going to say it's 60th. For Waddle, it is 34th wide receiver. Oh, I don't have I'm not looking at just wide receivers, but he's 34th. And who was the other guy? Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is 73rd. So I'd say Waddle and St. Brown. Yeah. Okay. And then last one, most likely to go from undrafted in fantasy to a must start. Without an injury, I think it's it's Nico Collins. With an injury, he's still one of my favorite guys to take a late-round flyer on just because the offense is Josh Palmer. I mean, either one of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams go down. I mean, he he showed it at the end of last season. You know, he could be a superstar. Um, I'm going to go with Amari Rogers, just because he could beat out the rookies or the rookies could just not get the ball because they're rookies. And then the sneaky choice, because you put him as the very last name on this list, I will say Jacob Harris because he's actually a tight end. <laughs> you uh, for the Rams, you could. Uh, that is very clever. You could um, go off the list, by the way. So I, I'll give you. I'll give you one more, just because you know something I heard out of Baltimore is Tylen Wallace. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to like him quite a bit, and you know, again, no Marquise Brown. We can heap all the praise we want to on Rashad Bateman, and, and clearly draft capital from a year ago suggests he's the guy, but. Tylen Wallace may be, you know, uh, an upgraded version of whatever they've had as their second guy, including Rashad Bateman last year. So uh, he's somebody also you might want to take a flyer on. I want to throw one more name out there. I just have to get one piece of info. Hold on one second. Um, how about a fourth round wide receiver from 2021 whose team is just lost its number one wide receiver? And... I mean, this guy does not ever get mentioned. Andy Des, Isabella. Des Fitzpatrick for the title. Oh. He, he, I, I mean, like, I know basically nothing about his year last year. Right? I mean, he's a nobody right now. Five catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets in four games. What, what happened? He is apparently feeling more prepared for a larger role in the offense. That's Des Fitzpatrick of Tennessee. Deep, we'll call him a deep sleeper. All right. I want to promote a few things here. I mean, that would probably be. You know, Traylon Burks and Robert Woods not being good. Sure. And honestly, it's not that hard to see that. I'm not project, I wouldn't project that, but it, that's not so unrealistic that those two guys would struggle. And they have an upgraded tight end. Yeah. All right. Let, let me promote a few things here. And I'm actually going to throw it to you guys. If you want to promote HQ or your written content or whatever you want, what's coming up, Heath? What, what do you want to tell the people? Dynasty content? What do you got? Uh, next week, I'm updating all Dynasty rankings, including uh, rookie-only rankings update. The new trade chart will be out. They'll be all be on the uh, Dynasty Central link on the right-hand side of the Fantasy Football page. Jamie? Uh, I mean, we're working on all of our magazine content right now. So, you know, coming up, in, it, it's a little bit of a you know change for the people who have followed our magazine, which we partner with Beckett Sports. It's a uh, you know, great uh, partnership, I, I I think between both entities, but um, usually we've done two magazines, and so by now we would have wrapped up our first one. Uh, we are only doing one this off season, which is going to be you know the best content I think that we've produced because we're not rushing to get through two magazines and dealing with injury situations. So we have a, late, a later deadline, and so uh, for those of you that have been searching your newsstands or will start to search your newsstands because usually in June it's out, um, we are working on our our only edition. Um, and I know the content will be fantastic. I, I know what Heath is writing. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Dave is writing. It's going to be awesome. Chris Towers, 
Um, I have uh, the cover story is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Spent some time talking to him and his coaches staff. So um, I hope I don't uh, ruin that. I hope I do it justice. Um, but in any event, um, you know, we're wrapping up all of our player outlooks, which you'll see on the site. That's the one thing that gets out there the first, uh, the first thing that gets out there. But um, you know, I, I know magazines tend to be out of date. Uh, ours at times has been out of date because of injuries last year in particular. Uh, but this one I think is going to be really cool. So I'm excited about it. All right, let's go to our year three wide receivers. So some of our year three wide receivers that we'll be talking about, the order they were drafted in the NFL draft, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb. Don't think we'll be talking much about Jalen Rager. Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. This is a pretty damn good draft, huh? LaVisca Chenault, K.J. Hamler, Claypool, Van Jefferson, Gabriel Davis, Darnell Mooney, maybe K.J. Can you imagine the things that would have changed in the NFL over the last two seasons, if the Eagles just took Justin Jefferson over Jalen Rager. <laughs> I do think about that. I, I just don't know if Jefferson would be nearly as good, or nearly as productive. Um, I, maybe, <laughs> but... Uh, I just think this was a, Minnesota was just a great spot for him. and I, I think it's possible that Carson Wentz would be much, much richer and still be the quarterback of the Eagles. Right. I don't know, right. man. Carson Wentz is... Kirk Cousins might be not the starter in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Very, very much possibility. <laughs> but this was a good draft three years ago. I mean, you had Mooney was a late pick, K.J. Osborne, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Not that these guys are amazing, but they're productive. Even Quez Watkins, productive well, and, player. And, you know, uh, terrible, terrible situation. But, you know, the guy who was drafted first is not even available anymore. Right, Henry Ruggs. Okay, so year three superlatives. Most likely to break out in year three. Who you got? I'll let Heath go first. I keep saying it first. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb. Um, and he's already been really good, but like he could be a top five wide receiver this year. He to be far-fetched, but he might be. He could be the best wide receiver if Dak just throws it to him 30% of the time. Yeah, just Jamie's bold prediction. CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver. There we go. All right, Jamie, who's your breakout? Uh, I, I feel like there's just a lot from this list. So, <laughs> you know, Lamb could be one. Judy, if he's right, can be a top 15 guy. That was another bold prediction. Um, Gabriel Davis, clearly you see the, the upside based on the playoffs, um, and Michael Pittman, you know, I think all four of those guys have a chance to get better in some cases, significantly better than what they were a year ago. You know, the quarterback upgrade for Pittman, um, is I I think going to be telling for, for Matt Ryan, just being more competent. And, you know, right now that you look at this receiving core, as we talked about, I think it was yesterday, um, with the Alec Pierce news, um, coming off the weekend that, you know, Pittman, was a year two breakout and, and should continue to get better. And, you know, there, there's certainly plenty of, you know, places talking about this already. And uh, another guy that I keep moving very high in my rank, he's a borderline number one receiver for me now, you know, so just love the setup for Pittman in year three. I think Pittman versus Judy in, in fantasy drafts is interesting. Where do you guys side on that? Pittman. I, I think I've got Pittman maybe 10 spots higher. Okay. Yeah, same. Well, ADP has him about 20 spots higher, so <laughs> I guess people are on Michael Pittman for sure. Then. I think, you know, and and one more breakout candidate uh, as well is is Darnell Mooney. You know, I, I just think, you know, the the target share he's going to get, you know, the team's probably going to struggle, and so that that could be bad. Um, but uh, if if they stand pat with what they have right now, you know, you're you're asking, you know, Vilas Jones Jr. and, and – and Cole Komet and, you know, the cast of characters that they brought in to, to really have to step up. Mooney's in just such a great spot with, uh, you know, hopefully Justin Fields getting better, even though, again, the, the Bears could struggle. 
Darnell Mooney had 140 targets last year. Unbelievable. He was a top 24 wide receiver just barely. He was not that per game. Number Per game, he was outside the top 30. But Darnell Mooney had a good year. 81 catches, 1,055 yards, only four touchdowns. Okay, so those are your breakout candidates. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Pittman. Um, there are a lot of breakout candidates, I guess. Higgins, certainly. Judy. But uh, those were the answers you got. Lamb and Pittman. Most likely to be a bust. Heath? I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. Um, like just because he's kind of getting drafted to be something we've never seen him be. And now he's got a good quarterback and he probably will. And I've got him ranked to be something he's never been before, but it's always dangerous when we do this. And he's got a little bit of an injury history and he's always already banged up. And Tim Patrick's probably more important than people like to acknowledge. And so I'd, I'd say Judy. Biggest bust, Jamie, in this group, most likely to be a bust. Yeah. I, I I'm a little concerned just with, the expectations for T Higgins and, you know, going uh, maybe as a top 10 receiver. And, and I'm, I haven't ranked very close to that. You know, he's, he's a, he's a top 12 guy for me, but you know, if this offense goes the way Heath expects it to go, where there's, you know, not the volume jump that a lot of people are hoping for because of a better offensive line and the maturation of Joe Burrow and you know, all those things, there's still a very dominant number one receiver on the field. And very much like the Broncos, the third receiver here is pretty good in Tyler Boyd. You know, so if uh, if T Higgins doesn't get that, you know, minor bump in targets and takes advantage of it, then he could just be overdrafted. I want to throw some numbers. I'm only saying that because you're making me choose. Yeah, I mean, I was. That's the guy I thought about this morning because he's got kind of a high A dot and he's not a huge catch guy, so he could be one of those inconsistent at the end of the year, the numbers are really good, but you get some four for 60 kind of games. They're like a frustrating, that's exactly what I was going to say. A little frustrating ride with T Higgins. And I also thought to myself, well, what if Jamar chase just gets a ton more targets, but I looked at all of the games in which Jamar chase had eight or more targets last year. There were, there were 12 of them and 11 with T Higgins. So what did Higgins do in those games when Jamar chase had, eight or more targets. He was sick. He, like, Jamar Chase was ridiculous in those games, but um, Chase had 71 catches on 109 targets. Higgins had 72 catches on 96 targets. Chase had a lot more yards. But just when Jamar Chase got eight or more targets, Higgins was on pace for 111 catches, 1,530 yards, and eight touchdowns on 148 targets. There so was that still stretch was great, you like though. to reference where Joe Burrow, where they turned him loose? Yeah, they did a little bit. And that was and a lot Higgins, of it was late, yeah. Higgins outproduced Chase for like five games over that stretch. Yeah, Chase uh, Chase uh, was obviously helped by those back-to-back games where he had that, what, 200-something yard game or whatever, but um, Higgins was no slouch. But it did seem to me like there's something that I might be, that might hold him back, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I, I want to bring up Darnell Mooney because there, there's another list here of what I call the surprise year two wide receivers. So the ones who had 900 yards as a rookie, they're not surprising when they break out. But how about this list of guys who didn't really do much as rookies and then were good as sophomores? And this would include Darnell Mooney. Alan Hearns, Tyrell Williams, Robbie Anderson, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, Michael Gallup, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Darnell Mooney. 
there are a lot of players on that list who probably were overdrafted in their third years and only had one good year. Hearns, Tyrell Williams, Robbie Anderson, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, to be quite honest with you, Michael Gallup. Well, um, Sutton was injured. Yeah, but he's still, when it's all said and done, he's only had one great year. Yeah, but you great. I, I mean, you're, you're talking about year two was great, injured week one of year three, and then last year coming back from the injury plus the quarterback mess, I'm not going to fault him. I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm just giving you the names on the list. But I do wonder, you know, the, pretty much the only thing Mooney had for him last year was he had a ton of targets. I know it's hard to again. I know it's hard to say you won't have it again, but do wonder a little bit about him. Anybody share yeah. concerns? If they would just if they had done literally anything to add competition, I mean, they added Byron Pringle and Velas Jones or Velas Jones, but yeah, I mean, if they added Julio or Will Fuller or Odell Beckham, then I'd be one hundred percent in agreement with you. But it's just hard to see how he doesn't get that much unless. They just throw the ball 450 times because they just run it the whole time. Yeah. All right. Most likely to go from undrafted to must start from the year three receivers. It's funny. That yeah. It's, I was say, it's funny that they've got so many good wide receivers in this class. And yet there's still like four or five good options that aren't going to get drafted. Because I was thinking KJ Hamler. There's two KJs. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, KJ Hamler, KJ Osborne. Okay, most likely to go from not many people jump to. All right, well, uh, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we got a lot more wide receivers to talk about, plus some news and notes, and we'll be right back on fantasy football today. Let's run through the news and notes. The rest of them: the Rams made Aaron Donald the highest-paid non-quarterback in the NFL. He's going to make sixty-five million dollars guaranteed over the next two seasons, and then he can decide if he wants to retire or return in twenty twenty-four for another like thirty-plus million dollars. Jerry Judy left practice with a groin injury. This sucks. Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, and Kadarius Toney are all not expected to participate in the OTAs, which is really bad for Toney. The guy, he's always injured. Matt Patricia looks like the early favorite to be the play caller for the Patriots, according to The Athletic. The 49ers have excused Jimmy Garoppolo from mandatory minicamp as he recovers from shoulder surgery, and they're trying to trade him. He could be cleared to throw by the end of the month. Dalton Schultz could skip minicamp. We mentioned that yesterday. Alan Lazard does not have a contract. He's going to be on the Packers, but he hasn't signed a contract. He is not at camp. And if you've seen Wedding Crashers, here's the sequel. Odell Beckham crashed Sean McVay's wedding. And Sean McVay said, now you got to come back to the Rams. So, Heath, why didn't you crash my wedding? That's a good question. Um, I, I don't have quite the available resources for that type of thing that Odell Beckham does. It's <laughs> a good point. You had fun. Plus, if you crash somebody's wedding, you have to bring a gift, right? I don't think if you crash. <laughs> I'm going to guess Beckham got him a gift. Yeah, probably, I guess so. But I think if you crash, you do not have to get a gift because you weren't invited. So I don't think you have to get a gift. Year two versus year three. Who would you rather have, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase? Jefferson. Jefferson. Jalen Waddle or Jerry Judy? Waddle. Michael Pittman or T. Higgins? Higgins. Uh, so close for me right now. Higgins. Rashad Bateman or Gabriel Davis? Uh, Bateman. Yeah. You'd rather have the number two guy on the, on the lowest pass volume offense compared to the number two guy on the bills well none of those things you just said were fact <laughs> i know 
I was going to call myself out for it. Thank you, Heath. You saved me time. Uh, Devontae Smith or Brandon Ayuk? Uh, Smith. Uh, I've got Smith. Ayuk is one guy I feel really uncomfortable with because he's, his second half last year was really good. Um, and I've got him like in the 12th round or something. I hate it. But I'm scared of how many times they throw with Lance. I think if you are rooting for Brandon Ayuk, you're rooting for Debo Samuel to stay in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ayuk, let's see. Last 10 games, he was on pace for 73 catches, 1,164 yards, and seven touchdowns. And let's just look at what Debo was on pace for in those games. I know he missed one, but he was on pace for uh, 62 catches, 1,107 yards, and four touchdowns on 93 targets. So, I mean, Ayuk was on pace for 104 targets, Debo 93 targets. I mean, Ayuk was just better. He was better as a receiver in that stretch. Okay, and and you know what? That's a little sneaky. I just I feel like people don't realize that. I didn't even sure. really realize that until I saw it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, wow, he finished a lot strong, a lot better than I thought. How about a, a three three player battle royale? Darnell Mooney versus Amonra St. Brown versus Elijah Moore. Mooney. Yeah, I've got Mooney considerably higher than those two. Kadarius Tony versus Rondell Moore versus Chase Claypool. Um, it's a good one. Uh, eesh. Tony Claypool Moore. Claypool Tony Moore. Chase Claypool is going 113th overall. Make the case for him. Um, moving him around. I like the fact that he wants to do some different things in the offense. And no Juju, no James Washington. There's a lot. Obviously expected of George Pickens and uh, the other rookie that they drafted them blanking. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, hopefully more downfield throws from the quarterbacks, whoever it may be, comparatively to Ben. I think that's pretty much exactly where he should be going. Claypool. Oh, sorry. Uh, trying to find the other wide receiver that the Steelers drafted. It is... When you, uh, it is Calvin Austin in round four out of Memphis. Yeah. Kadarius Tony is being drafted just after Chase Claypool, 116th overall. And who was the other one? Rondale Moore. Oh, one spot after that. Oh, one wide receiver spot after that, but actually a, almost a full round after, 124th. So they're all going in the same range. Claypool, 113th. Kadarius Tony, 116th. Rondale Moore, Moore, 124th. Tony still hurt at OTAs. is still very frustrating. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, he's so injury prone. And it's really a shame. He's got a great... Here's a great Kadarius Tony stat for you. He forced 12 missed tackles after the catch, and that ranked 15th among wide receivers. And he did that on 39 catches. He's freaky the way he moves in space, Kadarius Tony. Devontae Adams forced 13 missed tackles, one more than Kadarius Tony. And he had 132 catches compared to 39. That includes the postseason, compared to 39 for Tony. So he's got this very, very unique skill set where he can just make guys miss. But NASA is trying to recruit him. Is that, is that a, like a joke or? You said the way he moves in space. So. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. He is an astronaut. Who else do you want to talk about, guys? The floor is yours. I want to talk. In, the floor is mine first, then, then yours. I want to talk about Devontae Smith. You got the pedigree. 
you you got you know Heisman Trophy, amazing season, tenth overall pick, good rookie year. Didn't quite reach the nine hundred and fifty six yard threshold, but he had a good rookie year. Uh, AJ Brown comes in. What what do you think about Devontae Smith? First of all, does he have? If he's going in the eighties, you know that's one thing. But does he have a lot of upside, or do you think the upside is just kind of like solid number two wide receiver for Devontae Smith? I think he could be a top thirty receiver. I, I think. You know, first off, A.J. Brown misses a couple of games every year. Mm-hmm. So in those couple of games, if Jalen Hurts is, you know, maturing as a quarterback, which is what we expect, uh, we saw the volume for this Eagles passing game in the beginning of the season before they, you know, by necessity were, were forced. And I think one thing that, that we should probably bring up in regards to this, when they decided to be more run heavy, let's not forget, they traded Zach Ertz, you know, and so they they got rid of one of their better pass catchers. And so... It was philosophy change, personnel change. Uh, you were asking an, a, a rookie wide receiver to be their number one guy. He probably wasn't ready for the role. Um, so now you bring in, you know, a, a true number one. Hopefully we get what we've seen, which is, you know, Godwin and, and, and stepping into that role next to Mike Evans. You know, Higgins and Chase, how they play off of each other. I don't think we're going to get that from Devontae Smith, that type of, of ceiling. But he can certainly take that next step forward, you know, and 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 get to you know, low thousand yard receiver, uh, you know, maybe in the six to eight touchdown range, you know, hopefully close to you know sixty five to seventy catches. I don't know if he's going to be a seventy five plus catch guy, but who knows? Uh, but I do think he can get a little bit better and and be in that borderline starting range for sure. Yeah, I think there's three paths to Smith being a top twenty wide receiver. AJ Brown gets hurt and misses an extended period. Um, Jalen Hurts throws six hundred passes. Or Nick Sirianni changes his offense to dedicate fewer targets to running backs and tight ends. They, his offense has been one of the least wide receiver-centric offenses, both in Indianapolis and here. And maybe it wasn't him in Indianapolis, but like it's been a ton. 22% of targets to tight ends, 23% to running backs, just 50% going to wide receivers. Um, if that number went to 60%, which is a lot of offenses are, then there's room for Smith and Brown to both be awesome. Okay, so now the floor is yours. Who would you like to talk about? Anyone really interesting for you? That we haven't talked about no, already? No, it, it doesn't have to be that we haven't talked about. Anyone, I think we should uh, talk more about Gabriel Davis. Okay, go for it. Like, what could he... Because I don't really... I think he's probably the number two. Um, But I if... Man, if he could be as efficient or anywhere close to as efficient as he's been and get 120 or 130 targets, I mean, he could be a top 20 wide receiver alongside Stephon Diggs. Yeah, it's it's exciting stuff for Gabriel Davis, who what doesn't have doesn't have a 600 yard season. Is that true? Yeah, 599. Well, that's the other thing. There's like almost no floor. <sighs> I wonder why you know. The fantasy community is high on Gabriel Davis, but not Dawson Knox. You know, I mean, wouldn't Dawson Knox also benefit from the same things that we think Gabriel Davis will benefit from? I think it's the combination of Davis taking the step forward. uh, Crowder still being, you know, somewhat of a factor as a slot receiver. But O.J. Howard's presence, you know, I mean, that could, I don't say significantly hurt Dawson Knox, but hurt him enough. It's also James Cook. I, I've said this so many times that we're going to see a much more diverse Buffalo offense than we've seen the last couple of years because of the presence of two 
potential playmaking tight ends because of the presence of uh, a better second outside receiver as opposed to, you know, the slot receiver being the primary second option. And, and that's not discounting, you know, Diggs moving in the slot a little bit more potentially. I think also you have the, the pass catching running back. You know, it's, they've clearly made uh, a priority to go get somebody, you know, whether it was going to be McKissick or James Cook. And now they have James Cook. So, you know, you have all these things working in conjunction. And so, you know, it may hurt Davis to some extent, but it also may help him if, you know, we just see Josh Allen use him as the primary downfield threat. Yeah, and I think that the more simple answer to that is probably that Dawson Knox did not have 200 yards and four touchdowns in a playoff game the last time we saw him. Yeah, but look at the first playoff game they played. Gabriel Davis did nothing, and Dawson Knox had a good game. He certainly did not have 200 he had, yards. He scored a touchdown. Didn't he score two? No, he had two for 41 and a touchdown. Huge game. Gabriel Davis did. Oh, Gabriel Davis did. Oh, Dawson Knox had a, had a pretty solid game. Um, of course he caught a touchdown. Why wouldn't he? Uh, when you look <laughs> at <laughs> when you look at um, when you look at Dwayne Eskridge, Tutu Atwell, Terrace Marshall, that's the one for me. Terrace Marshall. Yeah, I mean, you know, aside from the fact that I drafted him in our in our dynasty league last year, the the one Heath and I are in together uh, at the back end of the first round, and and I, I I'll qualify this. Still a mistake on my part, but when I drafted, it was before Robbie Anderson got his contract extension, and Joe Brady was the offense coordinator so his coordinator from college thinking that that was part of the reason why they drafted him and then Robbie Anderson eventually moving on this year plus the anticipated quarterback um change so I thought okay uh by 2022 Terrence Marshall in a good spot Joe Brady's gonna lean on him uh they'll have a quarterback and here we go and as we saw I think they just misused him to be honest with you I don't think he's like if I were using the if i were coordinating the the panthers um which i'm not qualified to but dj moore would probably be the slot receiver and the two other guys would be on the outside as opposed to terrace marshall lining up in the slot i don't don't think he's right for that uh which is what happened a lot last year so we'll see you know he's uh he's still got the chance to be you know a good talent but man did i uh did i make a mistake by taking him in the spot i took him i loved 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 terrace marshall i'm surprised i didn't take him in that draft no, yeah. no, no, you took Elijah Moore and Kadarius Tony. You did the smarter picks. It, those, those did work out well. Yeah. Well, Maybe. Terrace Marshall had a lot in he had a lot in common with Justin Jefferson. He was a bigger slot guy from LSU, and we always like comparisons. And he also, you know, I think he had some injury concerns at coming out, right? So a lot of people said, well, he's a first round talent, but he fell to the second round. So don't uh, don't bury uh, Terrace Marshall just yet. I, I hope we can get a nice bounce back here from him. I'm gonna read some emails here before we wrap things up. Jamie, you're cool. I thought you had to go, Jamie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do. I got another minute. All right. Uh, well, you can hop off if you want. Heath and I can take the emails here. So thank you, Jamie. Or if you want to stay, whatever. All right, Jamie, leave when he wants to. Uh, from <laughs> Jamie says, says no, I can stay. Well, I, says, I, just thought, I thought this was a, a good time. You know, an easy what a jerk. An easy transition right before the. Actually, um, we'd rather you not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from Jake and KC. Dear Jerry, Randy, Terrell, and Larry, those better not be your top four wide receivers ever because you're forgetting about Calvin, who should be right after Jerry. I have Chris Godwin and Jamison Williams in Dynasty. I'm not sure how I can count on either of them. You for the Calvin f- over Randy? You know I would. We had this conversation before. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, we can count on either of them for the first four to six weeks to be safe. Uh, here, truthfully, Rice or sorry, Moss, better career. Calvin Johnson, better prime. 
I can win the championship this Oof, year. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I know a lot of people wouldn't. I think the number's actually on my side. I hadn't updated this list in a long time, which, so I which appreciate it. Which, which for, for Moss? Because <laughs> he had two of them. <laughs> uh, any prime you want. Optimus Prime. Ran, yeah. Randy, Randy Moss, imagine if he never went to the Raiders. Yeah, but Calvin Johnson was the entire freaking team, man. Calvin Johnson. I always have a hard time remembering them. like what, what I have to search to find <laughs> the list of terrible takes. Like, I'll find it. Michael B. Jordan. Okay, do That'd I probably do it? All right. So anyway, uh, Jake in Kansas City is in win now mode, but he has Chris Godwin and Jamison Williams. It's a three receiver league. He also has Mooney, Lockett, Claypool, Tony Fuller, Galladay, and Osborne. So should he trade Mark Andrews for wide receiver help? He has he could get something in the ballpark of Gasicki, Devontae Smith, and a 2023 third for Andrews. He has Gerald Everett and Brevin Jordan at tight end. That's not enough. Godwin was making some good progress, apparently, according to Cyril Grayson, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's always so tough to trust teammates. Of course, yeah. Okay. This is from Greg from Maryland. I don't think it's bad, but just I don't think it's bad to trade Andrews, but you got to get a little bit more. He says he's in a 12 team PPR, one QB dynasty league. He's in a dynasty re- rebuild. You're trying to move a player who could help carry you to the playoffs this year, but doesn't have great long term value because of age or change of situation or whatever. Eckler, Adams, Kittle, etc. If you can't get in return what you think he's worth, do you A, hold and try to trade to a contender midseason when injuries happen? Or B, settle for what you can get now before he loses any more value. And that's it. What do you do if you're trying to sell, but you're not really getting the value you think you should get for an, an awesome veteran player? If you're trying to, he's still, he said he's still trying to win though too, right? No, he's, oh, in, no, he's re- in a rebuild. rebuild. Okay. Rebuild. Um, it really depends, I think. Like with running backs, I generally just sell. I don't want to, especially Austin Eckler at 27. Like he tears an ACL week one. You're never getting anything close to a first round pick for him, probably ever again. Um, with Adams, he's seen his value dip a little bit because of the trade. I could believe that it's going to bounce back. I might be more likely to hold on to him, but it's a case by case situation. All right. From Garrett, who wins this half PPR dynasty trade? I give Joe Mixon, and I would get DK Metcalf and Kadarius Tony. Half PPR dynasty. Mixon for Metcalf and Tony. I like that. You'd rather have Tony and Metcalf? Yeah. Okay. I think Jamie's mad at me. He decided he was going to stay here, but not actually answer any of the questions. (laughs) From Brian, (laughs) right up until Melvin Gordon re-signed with the Broncos, I was planning to keep Javante Williams for the fifth-round pick. My backup plan was to keep Jalen Waddle for a ninth-round pick, but Tyreek Hill foiled those plans. Now I'm waffling between keeping Travis Etienne in the 12th or Rashad Bateman in the 15th round, or he could still keep Javante in the 5th or Waddle in the 9th. It's a PPR league. What would you guys do? So again, it's it's uh, Javante in the 5th, Waddle in the 9th, ETN in the 12th, Bateman in the 15th. Um, when does he have to decide? Uh, 10 minutes. I, I don't know. <laughs> If you had to decide now, I would keep Javante. If you uh, if you can wait it out, I'd like to see what James Robinson's status is. We get close to camp, you know, prior to your draft, because then I think it's ETN. But um, 
Look, Javante, you know, Heath just said Austin Eckler's a uh, ACL tear in week one. If Melvin Gordon tails his ACL in week one, Javante Williams is a is a top five overall pick, potentially. <laughs> Do you know what Dave would ask right now if he were on the show? How long can you keep him? Yeah. Do we know how long you can keep them for? <laughs> you always ask me that. With Javante Williams and Travis Etienne, is that uh, going to be a determining factor between those two? I don't know. He always asks me. I'm like, Dave, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. All right, guys. Good show. Thank you very much. So tomorrow we're going to talk about simple wide receiver stats. You know, no wacky stats. Just here's a here's a sentence to sum up this guy's career. What does it mean? Uh, I'll try to keep it simple. And then after I will that, try to come up with my five best wide receiver Azer stats for the show. <laughs> I'm actually going to need some help with the simple stats, so you could just spend some time on that. After that, I'm actually pretty excited for our Thursday topic. I don't think we've ever done it before. But if you were on the NFC website looking at ADP, you can sort by minimum and maximum. And you can see the players who have the biggest gap between the earliest pick and the latest pick where they were picked. So, for example, Javante Williams was one of the guys that stood out. One second. He's going as early as 6th and as late as 25th in these 60 drafts since May 1st. Whereas... Joe Mixon is going as early as 7th, but no later than 16th. Uh, Michael Thomas was crazy. Michael Thomas was, let me see, the earliest Michael Thomas went was, where are you, Michael Thomas? Oh, I don't know. I think I was sorting by running back, so I screwed that up. Uh, All right, real quick. Michael Thomas was going as early as 24th and as late as 111th. So we'll talk about these guys who have major swings in their in their uh, draft value depending on each draft. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, Jamie left. We didn't want him here anyway. For Heath and Jamie, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.